0: This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Join me for a discussion of Ultraman Z, episode 15 featuring Mean Eyes, Facing Darkness, and Avoid Blade. This episode had a great kaiju and team-up, but one thing felt off to me, and after I talk about it uh, and the rest of it, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on all of it. This is my review of z 15 Again, it's called Ultra Void. And yeah, I'm about to jump right into the topics that caught my attention and uh, share my thoughts with you. So, we had Geed coming back, or Geed. Was it is it? Gied? I think they call it Geed, anyway. So Geed is back, Riku's back, sort of. He's back in a weird way because we don't get to see the actor actually talk at all. He's shown on screen. Um, I'm pretty sure he's actually recorded. It's not like a still image. But then he's doing voiceover over it. I believe this uh, hit in a weird place with uh, COVID when it first started. So I think they were being extra cautious. There was the Kanagon, uh episode where they made the uh, you know social distancing joke. And uh, yeah, so I mean, definitely there's evidence that COVID was involved with altering things a little bit on on how Z went originally and obviously it affects this because it's just a dub it's just, you know it's still the same show uh just you can hear it in your own English in your own English language if that's uh, if that's what you speak and yeah so anyway it was kind of weird how he was dealt with but I like the idea of him and Haruki having this psychic connection and being able to communicate to each other it seemed like it was through the Zet-Riser but I wasn't 100% sure if that's exactly what the show was saying, but it sure seemed like it, and whatever, that's fine. Again, since I frequently talk about Giver, especially when I'm talking about uh, Geed, uh, he has a Giver vibe, and, and the Givers are able to communicate telepathically with each other through these things on their backs, so it works for me. Um, but yeah, what was really nice was his like noble and heroic sacrifice, how he was willing to dive into the void of Giza, or Breeza rather, and uh, potentially not come out so that he could help Haruki. And uh, it was cool to see uh, Jeed put so much trust in Haruki where he was willing to give up his medal to him. And basically he said, hey, I'm going to hold off this guy, hold off the destruction until you can make it work or you can uh, you know, find a solution. And I thought that was really neat. Uh, Grisa himself, itself, whatever, this weird void monster. And it seems like it's, it's appeared before. And something about the shape of its face, its head, seems really familiar to me. Um, like almost that upside down teardrop and having like those, you know, kind of uh, slanted lines going from the outside to the, the center line of the face. Um, like I say, something about it feels really familiar to me. Uh, I don't know if I'm just remembering the design from last time, because I think it's a really cool design. Um, all that black and yellow, uh, or that, like, amber. Those, amb- you know, the black body with those, like, amber accents on it. They're, they're more yellow than amber, but you know what I'm saying. Um, very cool. Uh, very weird. It's funny. It still has a very human form, not like the Bolton, which was the previous kaiju. Um, but it feels more inhuman in the way it move its, moves its body, in uh, the fact that it apparently has no weight or mass or energy or whatever that you can read. And of course, that's, you know, somebody says that. You don't see that visually. But definitely all those weird effects of it blending and, uh, and almost like bullet time, right? Like Or how like Agent Smith would move uh, really fast, but not quite bullet time. Anyway, uh, something about that effect combined with its fairly inhuman like face, like it has no face, right? Uh, even though it has a humanoid body as the shape. Uh, it just felt very weird. It felt very uh, not of this world in a really, you know, creepy and wonderful way. So I enjoyed that a lot. And the threat of it having being basically like a living black hole and it's gonna destroy the planet, that's that's pretty good stakes. Uh, I like that Juggler both joined in the fight and then Uh, after that didn't work, that he went and helped (laughs) Haruki find Celebro in his base, which, uh, it was really funny seeing Juggler in the backseat of a car, and, like, him directing Haruki driving, that was, that was pretty funny, and then, you know, we had this weird instance of, like, you know, I was, I was gonna use modern warfare as one of the key phrases for this episode, but it's like this weird, you know, urban infiltration of, it's not even a base, I wouldn't call it a base, um, that Kaburaki has, it's just where he hangs out and does his thing. And, uh, I don't remember how Juggler knew where to find that, but apparently he did, and that's fine, I guess. Um, but anyway, it was just kind of a weird instance of, like, all this, you know, gunfighting going on in there, and that was, uh, that was pretty cool, actually. Uh, especially the effects they used, like, you get to see through hearty scope and they had this, uh, like, he, was, he wasn't using bullets, he was using, like, the you know, lightning blast or whatever, which makes sense, you don't want to kill the guy. Uh, but I just, I kind of wonder what Juggler told him about that. But I, it made sense that he went to Celebro to get that Belial medal, because he knows he has it, and, or, you know, figures he probably has it, and that Celebro doesn't want the world to be destroyed, because it'll wreck his plans, or his plot, or his game, as, uh, as Juggler called it. And Celebro had a weird reaction to that. He laughed maniacally and questioned it uh, almost like scoffing at the concept that he's playing some sort of game when I'm pretty sure at the end of the series we have Celebro directly say that it is a game (laughs) that he's playing so I don't know what that was about, if that's some sort of misdirection or trying to lead us, you know well, yeah, misdirection. I was going to describe misdirection in more words. Um, So yeah, that was kind of strange and uh that's kind of all i have to say about that but i mean juggler doesn't want the planet destroyed if he is on the planet while it's sucked into a black hole he'll die too which i'm sure he doesn't want so you can see again a motivated self-interest a you know villainous uh you know if he is a bad guy a villainous reason for him to fight so hard against the kaiju against griza and against the the black hole in the void and that's because, like you know, most others, he wants to continue living, and he can't do that if the Earth is destroyed. So, you know, that that's kind of that makes sense. Um, no issue there. Uh, just it's interesting examining Juggler's motives from multiple perspectives, and it's still difficult because the way they structure the scenarios in the writing to tell exactly where he's coming from, and what his goal is, what he wants to do. So, uh, I like that. So, but I do feel overall like he's good, but it just I don't know. I don't rightly know. So yeah, there was this... This is an interesting uh, cap-off to the whole Haruki struggle and uh, his, you know, finding his resolve to do what he has to do. We see him in the beginning of the episode lose the fight to, or the arm wrestling match to uh, Yuko, and he says he's got to get stronger, and he goes running, and he's, you know, lifting weights and things like that, which... Anyway, those look like tiny weights. They should be bigger. Don't you think? Anyway, uh, they were going too fast, weren't they? I don't know. I've, I've been in a... I've had instruction in a gym before, and that seems like it's too fast to move weights. But maybe in Japan, they've got a different ethos about it. I'm not sure. Um, I know you're just trying to tear your muscles, and you can do that with little weights or big weights. It doesn't matter. But uh, anyway, just ki- kind of an odd uh, kind of an odd aspect of the episode. But maybe it's accurate. Maybe it's uh, just something I'm ignorant of, which is very possible. But anyway, um, so I talked about how much I like... Uh, I'll get to the thing I didn't like, or the thing that bugged me in a little bit. I want to make sure I address these things. So yeah, so Jedd coming back, uh, you know, he's got those belly eyes, and it was funny that uh, Yuka pointed out that he, you know, the, he's the Ultraman of the mean eyes, and uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was interesting that when he was inside of the void, when he was inside of Grieza, he. Uh, I don't know if... Did he actually see the Belial eyes? The red glowing Belial eyes? I'm not sure, but... When he was inside, he kind of had like a... Like, and it was right as Haruki was getting him out of there. He had this moment where... of uh, I don't know, almost like introspection or something. Like, he was... Taken aback by the darkness that was surrounding him of the void. And... I don't know if it's just because it was like being in a black hole. You know, without all the... Uh, being torn apart and dying. Uh, That we have theorized would happen, or if it was just that he was surrounded by utter darkness and, like, that reminded him of the corruption of you know Belial, his dad, and the darkness that he faces or faced that he was altered by that he represents. And if it almost was like something about the darkness inside of Jeet as well, because you know, he has these Belial factors in him that the Belial metal was made of. And that we see this uh, Belial uh, needle uh, was made of as well, and that's interesting because uh, it almost feels like Haruki, like <laughs> like Haruki, in a way, is facing darkness as well, um, and it's being aided by Jeed. and it's almost like the emotional growth and development is being split between the two of them, Jeed inside or heart, you know, heart, um, yeah. Riku inside of the void and Haruki outside of the void like trying to find the strength to face it and I don't know maybe like G just trying to find the strength to face the darkness within him while he's in the void and that parallels the journey of Haruki trying to have the determination to do what he needs to do and when they combine the metals you know uh, Zet tells him uh, in Zet space that you know we need to swallow the darkness together like they need to be able to embrace the darkness of belial and integrate it into themselves in order to utilize one this form and then two uh because the belial needle is you know it's got belial's face on it and it sure looks like his head and stuff uh and it came from the belial factor interacting with something inside of the void i don't know if that means the needle was already there and the Devil Splinter or the Belial Factor in Jeed shaped it to be like Belial or what like that part kind of bugs me doesn't make sense but uh, Haruki is embracing the point is Haruki embracing this darkness this darker aspect of himself uh, and like the ferocity that he needs in order to you know, be an effective fighter and you know, kill and destroy for the right reasons and for the sake of saving people and here he had to save an entire planet by killing one kaiju. And, you know, you do the math on that; it makes sense, especially because the kaiju was not innocent and it was, you know, causing destruction and harm, and it was part of the reason that the destruction was was coming to the planet or was being threatened. So that all makes sense to me. But it's just an interesting way that they kind of split up the journey between the two of them, and I like the idea of the belly needle and it talking and stuff. That's pretty cool. At the same time, it was kind of odd because I don't quite understand what it was doing. I don't quite understand why it, you know, has this whole personality and everything except for, you know, the Balliol factor interacting with it. But it's just kind of kind of an odd choice. Um, and like Haruki having to, like, mash that button three times in order to do the the finishing move with it, it just felt very toyetic. And yes, I know this is, you know glorified toy commercial that's what people like to say about tokusatsu but usually it's uh it's a lot better it's just by making the thing look cool and be cool that the toyetic effect of it works and uh it you know makes people interested in it and i think just seeing this weapon be powerful is enough to sell it to people and the fact that it you know talks and has, you know, belly all sayings and you know, the eyes flash and light up and things like that. To me, that seems cool enough and without having to resort to uh, this weird, you know, button mash aspect of the toy. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I would ha- I would have hidden the button mash on it and I think it would have been better for that. And it also, it's weird that it does like this, uh, like heart throb sound when he's mashing the button. It just, again, it all... Kind of seems weird and off to me, and I don't understand what the uh, what the point was of it, except for you know the point is to sell toys. But I just again I just don't see that as a very effective aspect of it. I think it being the the needle itself being cool looking uh, and you know being an effective very effective weapon for Haruki and Zet, uh, it, it's cool enough on its own there that I think that's enough merit for it to to sell. And if it doesn't, then I don't know. I guess you didn't do a good enough job (laughs) but you know like, i certainly didn't buy one i'm sure i could if i wanted to and i'm not going to um because i think it's kind of you know well for multiple reasons but uh you know i'm not compelled to basically so uh if they were trying to sell it to me it didn't work um but i don't think i'm the target audience either so Uh, there is that to consider, but that's all I have to say about this episode. Um, do you get my objections to the Belial needle? Um, do you, uh, have any, uh, any other comments? Um, you see what I was saying about the parallel journey of like facing darkness between, uh, or that was shared between Jeed and Harkey. Uh, let me know what you think about that or anything else that I said. You can find everything in the show notes. Um, there's the video version. There's the audio version. If you subscribe to the podcast in a you know pod feeder or whatever, um, you will get it before it goes up on the website and before the video is published. So there's an incentive for you to go ahead and, uh, f- go to the show notes and find our, uh, the links to subscribe to it, wherever you listen to stuff. I'm going to add more. Um, I need to finish adding, uh, The podcast to more places, but it's got a basic distribution going right now that you can find on most things. So, um, check that out. You can definitely listen to it through a browser if you have to for now. Um, but that's pretty much all I want to say. Oh, uh, Ava and the grow bug is officially up. Um, it is my Ultraman inspired story for kids and it tells a cool story of a little girl and a magical bug facing the darkness together and overcoming fear and, uh, there's action and adventure and excitement. And I think if you like Ultraman that you'll like the story as well, you can find a link to that in the show notes. Uh, anyway, this is, uh, MJ. I want to let you know that, uh, I want you to, I hope that you are well. I hope that you be well. And until next time, folks, uh, take care. This is me signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to MJMunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around, you're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.